0: Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Tachlis. Wow, we just came out of an amazing interview with a very special man who he and his entire family are really working hard and assembling and giving all of the koiches to help and build one of the children who is never struggling. And they really buckled up to do what's right, even though it was not easy and not so popular in the beginning. But they really struggled through and Hashem today. They have a lot of a lot of advancements to share. This was not an easy interview. I know all of you like to see interviews, chick chack and watch it for twenty seconds and you know the whole story. This is not the case. It was not an easy interview. It took a little time to unravel and come to the point but wait and see what you're about to hear you're going to be really surprised and mesmerized and really feel admiration for this family for what they did so take your time watch the entire podcast wait till the end there's a few good stories in the end and you'll really like what you're seeing enjoy (laughs) Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Tachless. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate your time. You share your time with us. We know your time is valuable, especially especially before Pesach. And we really appreciate it. Today we have a very special guest, like I always tell you, Let's Talk Tachlis. Sometimes it takes us a little too long till we do the next podcast, but we are very, very picky. And when we bring on a guest, he has to be super special. So today, without further ado, let me introduce to you Rabbi Mr. Isaac Miller. Hello, Mr. Miller.
1: Thank you for introducing me as a very, very special person. I really appreciate it.
0: The people who watch so far, they don't know you're special, but by the end of this interview, they will all know you're special. So I'm jumping ahead of the game. And we'll go straight to the chase. Um, Mr. Miller, Isaac, my my dear guest, has a unique and very powerful story to share with the world. The story is not such a pleasant story. Um, he's doing a very tremendous job. He and his entire family, really as a group, are working very, very hard to make the story very pleasant. And he has a lot of successes on his in Baruch Hashem. Um, he's going to be very brave, I hope, and I believe tonight to share a personal painful story with tens of thousands of viewers. And uh, the only reason he was willing to come here and share with you the story is because he feels that there's a lot for all of us to learn and know in this subject, and He really has a mission to make the world a better place and make Klalysol and Klalysol's children happier and healthier. And that's why he's here tonight. So what's going on, Mr. Miller?
1: Without further ado, I'd like to thank you for the opportunity, for sharing my story. I wouldn't call it pain. I would call it maybe painly, not painful, because there's a lot of joy as well when you see what you can accomplish and what you can do and how you can turn things around, there's really a lot of joy and a lot to be happy about. Burhasem, HaShem, I'm happy, I'm a happy person. And I'm trying to put a smile on other people's faces as well. I <clears throat> share my story a lot and I go out and I talk to people. And Burhasem, HaShem, many, many people thank me today for their smile on their face
0: I think shame making people smile is in new DNA right
1: yes fortunately
0: yes I know, I don't know if anyone of you heard the name Miller ever nah is it same hey, Miller
1: I always say I'm from the Rabun Miller
0: yes so Isaac's father is a very special Rabi Yankel Miller a very famous Kim the Udon person so for them to put smiles on people's faces is an everyday occurrence. But today, let's see how we can put a smile, how we can gift wrap this story. So let me hear what happened in short. I I asked some of my interviews, why are you here today? Can you answer that?
1: Sure. I don't think that uh, it's a hard question at all. When I share a little bit of my story, I first always make a disclaimer. I'm sharing a story, I'm not here as a professional, and I don't want anyone to view me as one. I'm not giving advice, and I'm not telling anyone what to do, I'm just saying what happened to me and my family, and how we, I believe, very successfully got to where we are, and our hopes are high, that we we know that we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, and we're going to get to the end of the tunnel. We'll get, out, we'll get outside. Yitashem.
0: Yitashem, Yitashem.
1: So <clears throat> I can say, uh, like every typical person, I grew up in Vizhenits, in Mansi. I was born, raised over there. I grew up as a Vision uh, I got married over there. I lived over there. I raised my children there started marrying off my kids while I lived over there. My whole life was in that circle, in that bubble, a vision of the Hasidus. And in our days, we live and we see many kids who struggle. And it is only normal to try to be judgmental. And in most cases, we judge the parents. We look at the family as a failing family. Even if it's only one child of 10, or one child of more, we still look at somehow they failed. We try to find a reason, and the easiest reason, the easiest person to target is always the family. So, as all of us, I was the same. I was a typical person. I know exactly why every kid is struggling and how the parents are to blame. One parent was too strict, the other one was too soft. I was, one was easygoing, one was hardgoing. But, uh, you know, there was always, and I knew exactly why it happened.
0: Everything was lined up, all uh, the excuses. Yes,
1: not the excuses, the reasons. the reasons. The reasons. The reasons. And it all went well, till it happened to me. And in the beginning, I would say, uh, I would admit, I was judgmental on myself too. Where did I go wrong? And I was focused on that. Where did I go wrong? What did I do bad? Why did it happen to me? must be my fault. I didn't know if I should blame myself or my wife, maybe. So automatically things started getting very tense at home. I always, I started feeling insecure in everything I did, because maybe I'm going too hard, too soft. I should, I should not, but all the rest of the kids. I lost my confidence and the same thing I didn't know for sure if it's maybe my wife's fault and I should blame her. We we did we, it. it started to, the the ripple effect of this was huge. It was unbearable. And it had a very, very bad impact on the whole house. Automatically. And I whoever I talk to, it's only normal people it happens to had an effect on the house. And One of the things that I started feeling was I started feeling guilty for everybody. So first I felt guilty, of course, for my own kids. Then I felt guilty for my neighbors, that their kids are going to have such a kid in their neighborhood. And I felt guilty for the family. They're going to have to live in shame and they're going to be embarrassed. My parents, my wife's parents, my own brothers and sisters and siblings, my wife's, and uh, I didn't know where this is taking me. So I was like lost, I was in the dark and nervous, I didn't sleep for nights, I was worried. And, not, and on top of that, I was also worried about my own child, my kid that's struggling when it all started to unravel. It was a very bad situation, tough situation. When I realized what's going on, the only thing I saw was that she disappeared night after night and I had no clue where she is. I would, uh, I would not go out of my house at night and walk anywhere. Night, late, late at night, I'm that type of a person who stays home. I wouldn't walk around and wander on streets. And when I found out later where she was at the other end of town, without being scared, she was a young girl. And
0: How old she was she when when it really started bursting out? I think
1: fourteen, wow,
0: fifteen, really young.
1: Yeah. So I realized there's two things that are going on. She got herself some pants, found it under her pillow and I started looking after her, so my focus was, I was so, I can say, focused on the wrong thing altogether. I was focusing on how to put boundaries and what can I do to get her back on track and how I can make it happen and how Control. quick. Not only control, but how quick I can do it. I knew that the trick is, the quicker I do it, the less shame I'll have, the less... Before it goes down the street, I didn't want the street to know. Little did I know that before I even knew, Everyone they, saw it. they saw it. Many people that, that I meet today, they're busy you with know, about, about the neighbors and about the neighborhood they shouldn't find out. They all know. Before you know it, they know it. And I was trying to protect my my... Dignity, my family, my reputation, I felt everything down the line.
0: So really it's a very, it's a very difficult balance to, to game to play because on one hand you do have feelings for your own kids, for the other kids, and you, want, you do want to protect your kids. They are your kids. You don't know what's good for them, you don't know what's not good for them. You have your wife, you have yourself... Let's not talk a little the extended family, but your own, imme- your own immediate family that sit with you every day by the sub- the dinner table and Shabbos dish, um, you feel very bad for them, right? And you also separately st- are starting to learn that you're feeling bad for your daughter also. So h- how do you really juggle between these two, these two feelings? It's, it's, uh, it's not a simple task that you get a, a book, a manual how to deal with it.
1: First of all, I realized that by... Being this nervous and by being worried so much and by trying to control the situation, I'm only harming my entire family. I was a calm person, a normal person and suddenly I became that nervous father without any patience to anyone, skeptical and with no confidence. And I didn't know what to answer. I was always, my mind was flying around and worried and worrying and I couldn't uh, concentrate when the kids were talking to me, I realized that in an effort to try to control the situation, I'm losing the situation. So it's not a matter... People think that you can control the situation by, in any way or means, there is no such a thing.
0: You have to let it go a little, like what's... How so, can you okay, so it stop to yourself from wanting to control?
1: Right, so when I realized that... Con- I always say today, when I look back and people tell me, you're enabling, right? This is a very popular word, became the word enabling. And I always say, you can use... What is the opposite word of enabling? Disabling. Disabling. Can you disable? No. You don't control the situation anyways. So it's not called enabling when you, don't, when you can't disable. When you can control it, when you realize that it, it's anyways not in your, your control and it's not in your hands, you, you don't do anything different... To let, when, you, when you let go, it's not even called let go. That's when you take yourself trying to take the situation and control the situation. You control yourself. That's all it is. Self-control and stay focused on what you're trying to accomplish. Where are you heading? What do you want to do? Where do you want to get?
0: So I want to roll it back a little bit because... Um Unfortunately, it became very rampant, and unfortunately, we see it in so many families um Is there like a certain time or incident or situation that you were able to you, you can pinpoint today and say this caused it. These are the signals that you have to watch from like when when looking back now. I, I want to hear soon about your, your relationship with your daughter these days and those days, but how's the Shulim? What should parents look, look out for when they, how's the Shulam are facing similar situations, starting to unravel?
1: Uh, in general, once you see that what your kid is doing things not the way all the rest of the family does it, and not the way you raise them, and it doesn't make any sense what they're doing, that's when you realize that your kid, you should realize that your kid must be in a bad place, I would call it. When I say a bad place, it means that they are broken, for whatever reason, one or the other, and it's irrelevant. But once they are broken, I always say it has nothing to do with Yiddishkeit, Goyeshkeit. It has to do with the person. That there's a person over there. And a broken person is not a person. When you're dealing with a kid that is broken, then don't, they can't control. They, they, they cannot do anything. They're, they're unable. They're broken. Broken.
0: Like a broken car cannot be on the road. It's broken. And
1: once you realize that, you come to realization with uh, fact, with a situation, and you live with that situation, you realize that the only thing you can control is yourself.
0: You were saying that if you see unconventional moves and all kind of... uh...
1: If things don't make sense, then uh, you you should realize, I I realized, that it's not in her control, and it's not something that she does intentionally. Now, it's in my own hands if I should uh, make it more complicated for her and for me, or make it easier for her and for me, and it's going to make life much simpler. What I mean by that is a few things. Number one, I'll do whatever it takes to remove spite. If spite is in play, then it just becomes worse. It unravels. Right? Just to spite means... <laughs> yeah, for Dafka. So what I had, for instance, now I have very open conversations with my daughter, and she recently repeated to me, and she said that in the beginning of her journey... She started, uh, she always used to speak in, to me in Yiddish, and to my wife in English, as girls do, it's very common. And I was okay with that. But when st- things started to unravel, I moved back and I was trying to take the situation uh, and make it even stricter. And a stricter rule, I'm going to bend it the other way, this is how I'm going to take control. So I said, from now on on, you cannot even talk to mommy in English anymore. And what do you think happened? She started talking to me in English, and she wouldn't talk to me anymore in Yiddish. Nothing would make her talk to me in Yiddish. And recently, she repeated to me that story. She remembered that, yeah. so you can see what spite does, right? She could; she was not ready to take orders. She couldn't; she couldn't tolerate any structure or anything this is what well, they can't when they're broken they cannot so you can do whatever you want you can kill them and they w- and it won't change so there's a few things that you must remove that i felt i must remove and I'm, again i go back i'm not saying you i'm saying me what um, but say- i'm
0: sure it took a long time for you to become who you are today from taking going away from all the spites and becoming. And
1: all it took was, and my main thing was not to lose focus. And it is still today. So now it's easy. It goes automatically. My focus is like this. And it automatically, any situation that comes up by instinct, it's about her and not about me. And and I can tell you this much, that it made me a better father to all my kids. My older kids always tell me that they wish I was this kind of a father (laughs) when they grew up. Wow! because to all my younger kids and, and it's not only if you take this kid and by her you make her an exception it's going to make the other kids jealous and it could affect them no change yourself, no, change a new yourself. Us. A new us. and it's a new me and it's all about my kids so whatever she needs i'm for that and whatever another kid needs even in a normal situation in the way i was before i wouldn't give in so easily to stuff I am make, trying all I can to make sure they feel that my de- I'm devoted to them and I want to make their life as good as I can. And we're not talking about...
0: Spoiling, things. going no, crazy. No, we're not talking about
1: that at all. I'm talking about taking them to a, a food store and spending time with them, so even in a food store. I let them roam around and buy books. It costs a lot of money. But books they enjoy. I'm talking comic books. And you know, for one kid that likes chasidishes for them, I would spend money on that. You know, games, toys. They are, one. To kids,
0: they are number one. They are number one.
1: number one for me in yes. life. And it changed a lot. Wow. And uh, <clears throat> The other thing that I did was, that I realized, is Chazal tell us, if a person doesn't have a friend, they rather die. So I realized that a lot of Kids, uh, I, I, I'll go back a little bit to humor. I always say that people are scared about the other kids. They start to worry. And why is that?
0: You have to understand them, though. People who don't have the experience, this is really the biggest scare.
1: Mm-hmm. So, but I, And I'm not judgmental today to anyone, right? Even to people that judge me, I'm not judgmental to them because I know that I was that person before. I was the normal person. I'm no longer normal. And I don't expect anyone to look at me as normal. And I'm fine with that. So, I don't mind if people judge me at all. And so, one of the things is, I always say that, why is it when the first kid struggles, the parents are blamed? This is normal. We blame the parents. If a second kid struggles, no one would think that the same thing that caused the first kid to struggle, maybe it was some kind of a molester, or it was someone else in any other way of abuse that did the same thing to the second child. No. But the second child, they will blame the first child. So what happened? So people will say, right? You kept him in the house, then this kid brought down the next kid. And I always turn to them and I say, so you can explain to me why it happened to the first kid. The first kid didn't have a sibling before, and it still happened.
0: I was gonna ask you if there there is a certain explanation, any explanation why it happens to one particular kid versus other kids in the family.
1: The same thing goes in, in physical health. If uh, they have two brothers, same family, grew up together, and both smoke, one of them gets cancer, dies, and the other brother or sister smokes heavy, same, and lives to the 90. What does that tell you? So it doesn't tell you that smoking is healthy, definitely not. But it tells you that one person can be built better, better, or better genes or something that made them be able to tolerate the smoke, right? And the same thing goes over here. It could be two people can be as equally abused or bullied, or whatever it takes to cause trauma, one person can tolerate better trauma than another. So there's no general, like you always compare it to health situations, right? Every doctor, any sickness, any organ, cardiologist, no people, no, no doctor would treat two patients alike. Every person, according to his abilities, according to his strengths, according to his weaknesses, the same goes with kids. The same goes with, comes with spirituality. One person can take abuse and go on with life, and another person cannot.
0: May I ask you a question? But you can tell me to back off. You think you by now know... Maybe what triggered this particular kid to be different than her siblings? A particular event or a happening that happened to her?
1: Very sadly, I have a feel, uh, not a, only a feeling, I have more than a feeling. She, when we became close and she became close and open and wasn't scared to talk, she basically did express to my wife what, what caused it. I'm sure. It's unpleasant, and I don't think that here is the place no, no, no. to talk. I, I
0: don't want to go into very painful details. I'm, I'm shaken, as is anyway. But I
1: can tell you one thing. At a certain point, when she was open with us, and we started having open conversations, even today, it's not a problem. We can have any kind of situ- of conversations; not a problem. Nothing is sensitive. And she told, she revealed to my wife that when she was. 12 years old, she couldn't sleep through the night. She had problems staying asleep. She had nightmares from what happened to her and she couldn't sleep through the night. But she wanted, to tr- she was trying, she was struggling to be able to go to school. So you know what she did? She was 12 years old. She used to go downstairs and I had some place where I kept my so whiskey the night. and vodka. She would go down, get drunken up. Night after night, and she fell asleep with vodka or, this is very painful, vodka or whiskey, a young, innocent child. And it shouldn't be that way. So when, when, now when I look back, and I feel only sorry for her, that this is how, what she went through, this is so painful, this is what it took her to fall asleep. I can blame anything, I can blame her on anything. I feel only good at what I, what I did. The way I turned it out, the way I realized it, I it was just mama's... We daben every day, ask for it. Realize, open your eyes. It might not be pleasant to look at your problem, to face, face your problem, yeah, like and it. to deal with it. It's not always pleasant, but you have to do it. This is our struggle in life to face your problems and deal with it accordingly. Now, there a, if you can stay focused on what where you're trying to get and what you're looking to accomplish and don't look at any side uh, matters you can be very successful and when I say side matters I mean even myself my own ego my own dignity I have to let go of that and it involves very much and if you think deeply into a lot of things that people do it's about saving their faith their own faith in
0: today's world for sure
1: and it's normal it's a normal instinct of a person
0: it became worse in the past uh, 20, 30 years. People today do many things for themselves. They don't take in consideration the, the, the true meaning and the true good of the person they are representing, supposedly, because it's such a world today. It's a huge void, I'm sure, to, to no disconnect yourself. You go to shield, you, you go to work, you meet your siblings, you meet your family, you meet everybody, and, and everybody is pointing, rolling their eyes. Even if, she, if the kid is not there or the kid is there, especially when the kid is there. But I'm sure it it's, it's still became a routine to disconnect the feelings from all the outside cameras and photographers and, and uh, analyzers. I'm sure it was a very, very big struggle. It's probably one of the hardest struggles in, in the game, in this, in this saga. In the beginning,
1: yeah. In the beginning, I was like in a cave in my own world. I wasn't sharing anything with anyone. And Until I was approached by neighbors who probably meant well.
0: Yeah. Um, but what were they looking for? It's a joke the cemetery is uh, paved with the roads of many people who meant well.
1: Sadly, but I can I see I'm not judgmental against yeah. them as well because what they believed and they're scared, they say that they're scared for their own kids, they're going to bring down the neighborhood and it's going to ruin their kids. I'm not so sure that this is really what they're scared, but it's an instinct. People think, "Oh, this is going to represent our neighborhood. This is how the neighborhood is going to start to look." I don't want this in my neighborhood, and people get all excited by it, and I don't blame them. It
0: happens to be that some people <clears throat> think the opposite. They said, "Oh, now my kids can see what what they should they should not look like. If girls' houses should be wearing pants." Or boys wearing, a, or now wearing a couple or this and that, so some parents tell the, chick, the, the kids, "You see him or her, don't be like him or her."
1: I can tell you one thing that in the beginning, when my daughter dropped out of school, someone asked my younger daughter, who was only nine at that uh, time. Well,
0: I'm, I'm afraid to
1: hear. It's very simple. He Ask a simple question: Are you jealous at your sister? <sighs> that she doesn't have to go to school wow. and she gets away with anything. So, are you jealous at her? And she answered, no. And when the person... I didn't tell her anything. And when the person asked her why, and you know well, well, how she answered, she answered, and this is what kids realize on their own. You don't have to explain anything. She said, because my sister is not happy.
0: A nine-year-old. A
1: nine-year-old. And she said, I see, wow. she's not happy. So it doesn't make anyone jealous. No one wants to follow. No one looks to follow oh. that. There's no such a thing that one... Uh, I, I can only say one thing. If this kid, if you try to control the situation, what, happen, what ends up happening is that this kid feels isolated and because they can't follow rules, they can't follow anything. So every day it's about them and they're targeted and there's fight and they go back and forth and tension around them, they, feel, they start feeling isolated. Now. If a kid once a kid feels isolated, as I said before, the kid, need, the kid needs someone on their side. So what are the, what are the kid like, like this going to do? Trying to pull one other kid of the family to be with them. Someone should understand me. Someone should be my friend. Someone it's not be should be my, my, parents, my side. For sure. It's not going to be my parents. It's not mm-hmm. the whole family. Let me at least get someone on my side. And this is when probably some people might pull uh, other kids together, together with them. But if you stop that, and you, and it's about them, and you focus on that, and there is no spite. This is the first thing that flies out the window. There is no <clears throat> dirty talking, no cursing. No screaming, no, no yelling. No screaming, no yelling. There's calmness in the house. Automatically, it brings a new atmosphere, a new, mm-hmm. and, they, and, and it, there's no thing my side, her side, so there, she has no need to pull someone and she's equally as everyone as is
0: one small announcement many of you had the issue that you could not watch the podcast on a filtered phone and i really admire the people who took upon take upon themselves to have a kosher phone and stick to it so we just made big upgrades to our website let's com and you're going to be able to watch directly the interviews without going through YouTube. Enjoy, and let's continue. First stage, a person has a Shulem, starts to realize, where does he go? How does he know how to start going to professionals? I know you have, you had, you have a Rebbe, and you had a Rebbe in your life, and, and <clears throat> Not, it's not an easy situation for any rebel to control today. Unfortunately, it's becoming more and more um, common, unfortunately. But like, what do you do? Like, boom, a ton of bricks fell on my head. What do you do? One thing that we must realize
1: is, when you look in Arabic K'chalka Shulchanurich, you don't find any halukha for such a situation. So... Really go back and say the
0: word Torah.
1: I don't think there is anywhere in the Halucha something to refer to.
0: Yeah, but Das Toira, we believe, has a special seat of the Shmaya. Yeah? Maybe you had a story with one maybe you went to one of your rabbis or one of your people that that had a certain opinion about this situation, of how how you should handle it and, and was it successful, was it not? Like I'm sure. I'm sure you didn't go on your own with this thing. Well,
1: so, of course. In the beginning, I'm, as I said before, I was, I'm a vision vizhantzahhuset. And I went to the vision over of Mansi. I was his host. And when it all started, and I realized that I'm going wrong. It didn't take me long to realize that I'm going wrong. And, I, and I, someone mentioned to me about a man, a guy, very famous today, Avi Fischoff. And I was considering maybe going to him and at the beginning I was fighting the idea myself and I was saying this is crazy, this is stupid, this is the worst thing I can do to my house to let my kid do whatever she wants. It's going to ruin my house. It's all speculation. Now when I'm thinking back it's all theories, speculation. There's nothing really to establish it but this is how people think. They, because it goes back to a person when he feels that he loses control so he automatically, if I'm, in the loose, if I'm not going to be in control, it automatically means that the whole house is going to go slipping and Could be ruined, and it's not. When you don't you have this many. go, I'm going back to to physical sickness. In physical sickness, you can see, you cannot control the situation. You do what doctors tell you, what professionals tell you, but you can't control the situation. you hope for the best. And you hope for the you best. And do- you hope thousand, for the best. And same thing goes here. It eats you I'm sure, the smile. I'm sure,
0: I'm sure a lot of tears when oh, I was we were crying. rolling in the Miller family. No,
1: in the beginning it was, I couldn't face anyone, I couldn't look anyone in the eye. I was crying through nights. It was not an easy, me, my wife, we lost a lot. Sure, this was nights of sleep and weeks of, we didn't eat, we
0: didn't. How long is this saga taking place, really?
1: So it started, I'd say, 12 years sport. ago. Wow. Yeah. Boruch Hashem, we are where we are. From the beginning, when I was introduced to such a kind of a mahalach, that instead of pushing away...
0: You're starting to say about the
1: but... Right. And, and, and instead of, uh, some guy, Abiy Fishev, instead of pushing away... You embrace. You learn, you embrace, and you learn... What your child is going through is trying to explain it to you. So you live with what your child is going through, the struggles of your child, and you struggle with your child together, so you really can embrace and you can really be in their bubble and in their world. You can relate to them much better and build your relationship and build them up from the ground up. And when I was introduced to that, Mahalikha, I really thought that this is crazy, and I couldn't round my head around, I couldn't wrap yeah. my head my head around it, such a uh, crazy uh,
0: idea. Advice. And so,
1: but when I started realizing that, <laughs> what I'm doing is wrong. What's option B? Yeah. What's or really what's option A? I I, no, I I would say it's like this. No, it, it's plan B. I always I have the, always. Um, I, I, and in my signature, in email, I always write under my signature. I always write my slogan: "Life is all about how you handle Plan B, because this is what it is." Uh-huh. And yes. I, I always well say, said. "Yeah, people that go to Avi Fishov, no one comes their first choice. Everybody tries first to control the situation. So nobody should think that people that go to him are the people that have normal situations and they choose rather than controlling their situation." Just, so
0: It's so organized, it's so planned. and, yeah,
1: they... and they, No, it's the people that tried, people that failed. And when they realize that they're really going bad, from bad to worse, and they want to open their eyes and face their dilemma and deal with it, that's when they realize there is no other way. So I went to the Rebbe. And I told him about it, that my daughter is struggling. And he was crying together with me. I went over to Quittal. It wasn't pleasant. The Rebbe was literally crying with me. And he was, like, frantic, what's going on. And then I told him that I learned recently there's a new ask on the
0: block. His name is Avi Fischoff.
1: What was the Rebbe's
0: opinion generally about such kids in the beginning, I guess?
1: The, I, I can't say that he had a general opinion, because I hear so many stories. versions, Yeah, inversions itself, how one person they told this way and one person another way. And, I, and a lot of it, I guess, has That's to do there, but, yeah. the way a question was asked. Because we know people go to a rabbi for business questions and many times we hear stories of people that got the answer that they were looking for. So for people that the situation of dealing with such a kid is tough on them and they think that by throwing out the kid they will get rid of the problem, right? It will release them from the problem. They all go to the rabbi and ask it in such a way that the rabbi should say, throw him out of the house. So when when a person looks at the situation like something that is going to ruin his whole house, and It's going to ruin the whole family, because this is what he anticipates. And he goes to Especially the Rebbe and the tells them, yeah, And he goes to the rabbi and he tells him, "Oh listen, rabbi, I have a kid that is, is ruining my whole house. what's going on in the house, cursing and whatnot. And of course, the Rebbe would say, you know if it's ruining your whole house, the Rebbe might say, uh, get rid of the kid. It's ruining your house. You can't let other kids fall because of this kid." So, That's in my humble opinion, but I wasn't there when other people asked. I can say that I was there once when I asked about one, another of my, child, my children. And I, uh, I was, had a child that was also like a little bit struggling, but not as, bad as, not as hard as this one, but also struggling, and I couldn't take it, and it was hard on me. And I said to the Rebbe, I'm thinking of sending this child away. And the Rebbe said, what? He was angry at me. What are you talking about? And I said, I can't handle him.
0: And this was after, after, before the story of oh, my before. daughter.
1: Before, and I told the rabbi, and I said, uh, but the rabbi told this and this person to send away his child. The rabbi told me, you want to compare your child to that? What are you doing? So it, it wasn't a, and, and I suddenly so I realized, you know, it might be also that other parent asked the question different. I don't know. I wasn't there, but. When I had a, a, a conversation... Please tell me this,
0: this child is doing okay today.
1: <clears throat> the, time the child of B'Ru HaShem has a Simcha sachayim, living with a purpose, with a vision on the future wow, Hashem, and talking about a future. I'll get to it in, hopefully uh, soon. But uh, the way it looked in the beginning, there was no talk of a future. No, wow, It man. could not ever be brought up. Something oh, about a future. She never wanted to hear about get, ever getting married. Ever building a house, ever discussing having children. And now it's all about that, Burhashem.
0: A Hashem.
1: So, person that believes that she has a future and can build a house has a lot of confidence. So I can say that we build up our kid from ground up. And Baruch Hashem, she's today she has a sense of humor, as it's okay. generic, but it goes or it goes viral. Uh, yeah, not stamp. And she lost weight. She she is off drugs for the past—it's almost two and a half years already. She went once to rehab, and I can say one thing that I can share: that is not—if you realize that you cannot control anything, nothing you can control. Some people I know that pushed their ch- children to go to a rehab or to go to. So even uh, this. Even this, Even this be... you didn't push, you didn't promote it. Never, never. So, how
0: did it happen? She, she asked for it, and I said? Yeah.
1: Wow. So when I, when you, you can build I think up this the is child... The, I,
0: think, I think this is the bombshell of this part, of this interview. If, if the viewers of Let's Talk Tachlas heard now something that a child that struggled so much and went through such pain such ups and downs, such lonely nights, such, so much friction in the family, came to a point of saying she wants to be helped with, with, uh, with the drugs. I think this is the biggest chiddish, the biggest encouragement for suffering for, for, for families and people and parents who suffer. Wow. So, In the beginning... I think you can go home, really. <laughs> <laughs>
1: in the beginning, it was all about uh, whiskey and vodka. She used to get drink, drunk, this was normal, and, and later she revealed that this is what she used to fall asleep, and she used to get drunk, beer, everything alcohol. She used to like drink like no tomorrow, and she later got it off by herself when we, you know, we started building up, and she got rid of that on her own. But unfortunately, it changed to drugs. It started with uh, weed, and it went on to much, much harder stuff. And Burka HaShem she got out of it.
0: Wow, wow, wow. And
1: now, uh, it's already probably a year or so that she also quit smoking. Wow. On her own. This was totally on her own. And when she decided now, she's so strong, that when she decided to quit smoking, she never once yet took a cigarette.
0: Please tell it. I'm very proud of her. (laughs) We all are. And so are all the viewers from our our podcast, all very proud of her. And I'm sure she's going to... Now
1: to be proud of her is nothing.
0: I was proud of
1: her every day throughout wow, these wow, 12 years. Wow, it was not is... one day when I was not proud of it. And I, re- I really felt it. She wow, never wow, embarrassed wow. me. Wow, wow, wow. As soon as I realized that uh, I'm going in the wrong direction, I can say in the beginning I was embarrassed, it was, it was embarrassment, it was everything. But as soon as I realized and where I live and what I have to do to turn around, and I realized it's, that she's broken, I wasn't embarrassed anymore.
0: Wow, amazing. What a, what a, what a difference... You know, and the funny
1: part of the beginning, it was me identifying with her. Meaning, so there was a monthly uh, grand opening when Evergreen started the supermarket and they, it was a grand opening, whole town came in, yeah? And I decided that day, she wasn't dressed the way we are used to, and I would go with her shopping. Meaning, hands in hand, and push the cart together with her and shop. In the store, while everyone looks, and what I would do, just look them back in their face. I didn't even stare down to the floor; I just stared back.
0: Wow, it takes so much.
1: And you built her up. It gave her so much strength no, that I can no identify way. with her in public. I used to hold her hands and go out from my house to my father's house, and a soon at night to go say the shuna She would only stick Hashem. She always stayed home. She wouldn't wander around anymore when it won't be turned around. And I would go hand in hand. Now Rosh Hashanah envisioned it was the Yom Tov that we had thousands and thousands of people came from all over the world. And it was in front of everyone. I had no embarrassment, no nothing. And I went with, this was my pride.
0: And I'm sure your wife is 100% locked in in the same. My
1: wife had the same situation and came to weddings, let's say, right? And she was at the woman's side. And my wife just held her hands and sat next to her Identified. I think
0: almost the word spite came back in now. (laughs) Despite all these people, I'm going to show you that I'm strong and I'm, wow, this is unbelievable. And you would
1: think that people, the the instinct is that you believe, that you think, that everybody will look down at me that I have such a child. And it's the opposite. When people see how you stand next and you stand with your child, they only admire you. I only got compliments. Never. I was... Maybe told something, I don't even remember. It, it, it went in the one ear, it came in the other. So the only uh, hard situation was, so I went to the vision Rebbe, and I told him about this mahalach of Avi Fishov and I asked the Rebbe if I should go to him, and the Rebbe said, of course. And I asked him for a broche, and he gave me a broche, at it's three years So I went to him. Later... Uh, Some neighbors, they were all scared about the situation, what it's going to do to the neighborhood. People are also scared of the reflection. Beyond really so worried for their kids, how the neighborhood is going to appear. So this is the neighborhood where... And I can tell you one thing, that if people would realize that if you can respect a child, a broken child, they're not desperate to bring in their own friends to get courage or to get chizik. Or okay to, the they're okay with the fa- family and they're okay with neighbors. If neighbors can get along with those kids, there's no reason to shame them, no reason to embarrass them. We're used to yell at them. It doesn't, bring, doesn't do anything. It only makes them that they are looking out for support. And who are they bringing for support? People from outside. And it's only going to make the situation worse. I'll tell you a very scary story, but okay. even if it's not... Uh, Where we're talking now, but it's, it's something to make people aware. I, re, I just heard of this Matzah Shabbos, and I know the people involved, I know the families, I know all the people. I know it firsthand. Uh, so, the person that repeated to me the story told me the story that I knew. It was a kid that went south, and neighbors didn't like it, and they asked the uh, father to move away. And he didn't want, of course. Why would I move? So one neighbor uh, started arranging that the neighborhood should come and protest. So every night there were
0: protests
1: in front of their house. Can't
0: handle it. Of
1: neighbors coming. And one one neighbor was the, the head the of leader. It, the leader, and they were yelling, "Move away, gets whatever." I don't know what exactly they were yelling. Years went by that. Uh, family fell apart at the end.
0: No wonder. And
1: they moved away, and but I'm talking years went by. I'm talking mom, maybe over twenty years, good over twenty years. And the person that the leader of that group, he himself has now a few kids of there. Okay. I, I, and it was only recently when he realized that maybe I did something wrong. He picked up the phone, took some courage. And he picked up the phone and he called up that person, his prior neighbor from years ago.
0: And located him?
1: And started, yeah, and started begging him for machila. And he said, you know, would you forgive me? I realized that I went wrong. I was, it wasn't uh, the proper thing to do. I want to ask you for Machile. And he said, I re- I'll, I'll be honest with you. I have a few kids now struggling, not from. Uh, mm-hmm. And I realized it might be because of this. The man told him, I want you to know that you ruined my whole family. And I want you to know, I want to know how many kids you have that are struggling. And he said, we gave him the number. He said, don't call me yet for Machile, because I davened to Hashem when this happened, that you should have more than this. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And since you're not there yet, I'm not gonna be more for you. This is so painful.
0: This is too much for me. That's scary.
1: It's just supposed to show no one
0: no, is half no, no, no. And no and no one knows Hashem HaRachem, Hashem just
1: heard this month of Sabbath. And but I the know. one, I'm
0: sorry, this, let's talk Tachas, is the happy place. I, I have to go back to B'Roch Hashem to your successes. You killed me now, by the way, you killed me. But I want to go back to your successes and I want I want you to tell our people, our viewers and listeners that as much as we dove them as much as we beg the i it shouldn't give us these challenges and the serious but Chazor Shalom, when it happens give me a few words of courage for the people how strong they should be and how positive they should be and they should not let it drag them down. Please give us give us encouragement. I'm I'm gone.
1: So I can tell you that all you can do is... If you don't
0: want me to walk out on a, on a wheelchair from this place, <laughs> you better build me back. You, you, doing, you have an excellent record of, of rebuilding people.
1: You have to stay focused on what you're trying to accomplish and what's your main goal here. And remember that. And don't think about anything else. Don't get turned away, turned off. And don't get distracted. By what neighbors will say, or parents, or grandparents, or anyone, and it only uh, brings calmness back in the family. Only builds up your family, and it builds up your kid. And well,
0: should the we main. We can say it with.
1: Sure. With what I was device. focused. What I was focused is on a few things. Number one, I was very strongly focused that my kid should not own anything to anyone else outside of me. Meaning, she shouldn't have any hakura and be desperate enough to ask someone on the street to provide anything to her and owe that person anything. So I wanted to make sure whatever my child needs is coming from me. And the only person she has hakura to should be me. Well this prevented? Mommy and me. Yes and what this prevented and I'll tell you where I started and this is by letting my ego go when I first wrote a letter to her an apology letter. you wouldn't believe what that apology entailed and what it included and I just realized when I, once I realized that she was in pain and she was broken, I had to tell her that I feel sorry if I'm not realizing if I'm not
0: Apology for that period to... between when you discovered. Yes. And till you started changing your style, that's yes. that's what it focused on, right?
1: Yes, Sorry. I took the blame.
0: I'm sure you, I know I know you. I'm sure you were a great father, generally speaking. You and your wife were great parents all throughout. You didn't become totally. Now you became smarter, and but I'm sure you never did anything wrong to this kid before no, but things started you, happening.
1: So when the signs of things going bad is when you think that when you see that logic doesn't work. Every kid, you don't think, I realize right away, yeah? I'm telling my child, you have to wake up on time. You think the child doesn't know that? I'm not telling them any news. I'm telling them anything that is about structure, yeah? The child knows exactly, okay? They grew up exactly like the other kids. They grew up together. They grew up in a healthy, fine, normal home. And and as soon as you realize that this is out of logic and doesn't make sense, you realize that with logic and with sense, you will not get anywhere. Because the logic they have, sense they have, when they don't make sense and they lose logic, you pushing logic into them doesn't change the situation. It just makes it worse. Just tell them, just tell them. What do you mean you can't tell them? Then you bring in spite, you bring in fights, you make them lonely, you make them be alone, and they try to pull other people and they need some support, they'll get it. And if they can't get it in the family and everybody's strong against them, they'll get outside. And if anything they need, they have ways to get it. They all get it.
0: Unbelievable. I think we can be here all night. <laughs> but I'm so happy that we, are, we can conclude this amazing conversation in a positive note. How, I, I, I couldn't bear to interview a parent that is in the first phases.
1: I'll tell you what was my... Uh, sometimes we have that in order to jump up, Sometimes you have to bend down a little bit so you can get a better jump. So by me, the, my daughter gets life. You can see a lot of those kids, they need love to an uncontrolled uh, and an unimaginable amount of love. Unimaginable level. So many of them, they need dogs to survive. Because a, lo- a dog is not judgmental and it gives you love to no end. And this is what they need. My daughter has a different thing that gives her mom's life, and this is babies. The smile that a baby gives her, and the love that a baby gives, is also a baby doesn't judge. A baby loves you, smiles back to you, and she gets life from that. So she used to work by a babysitter. Uh, but all of her money, all was gone. Not a, not a penny was there, plus how much I paid and helped and supported her all these years throughout the journey. And in many, many ways. One day, a uh, from father came in to the, uh, pick up his baby, that babysitter, and he saw that how she was dressed. And he told the babysitter he cannot let his baby, a, a few months <laughs> old, he cannot let his baby be with such a girl over here, so she has to tell my daughter to dress up. So what do you think? She dressed up,
0: right? Of course, she dressed down.
1: So my daughter came home and said, my job is gone. That's it. So I told her, me and my wife sat down with her, and we said, you know what? Going forward, let her go, and you will start your own babysitting in our house. Wow, unbelievable. And she said, I'm a shiksa." That's what she said. I'm a Ugefur and a shiksa. Who's going to trust me with their kid? No one is going to give me a child to watch. It's not going to happen. It's impossible. I said, okay, don't worry. But it's, not, it's, it's still worth trying. It's not worth giving up. And I can tell you what's today, <laughs> that <laughs> as soon as people find out that they're gonna have a baby, they register with her. Oh, she takes very responsibility. So she's very responsible. She only takes, she has a helper now, and she only takes up to, I think, 12 or 13 babies. But this is her life. And this gave her life. My whole house throughout the week is turned upside down with clips, play pens, whatever these kids need. bottles,
0: tummies, Everything, and oh. crying
1: in the house. Baby's crying,
0: oh, baby's happy. Baby. And she's talking
1: and walking. And it's all about the kids oh, wow. and everything. Can yeah. I
0: register my grandchildren by yeah. her? <laughs> and, and, and this <laughs> I'll is... drive them from Brooklyn to Mercy every day with pleasure.
1: <laughs> and, and it all came to a halt short stop at covid. This was one of the saddest times, the hardest times throughout this whole period. Watching her unravel, she lost her whole appetite and life. So for weeks Never. she was in bed, she didn't Never. bother coming out, she had no purpose in life, not coming out and it was horrible. That situation and I felt to myself, you know, I saw, I, I lived in business as I said before, I and mean, when this whole thing came about and neighbors started threatening me that they're going to make protests and stuff, and I said, you know what, I'm moving away. I sold my house. My house was paid off, my mortgage. I was, um, I lived with a tenant that paid me rent and paid off my taxes and my insurance. I lived basically only paying utilities. I lived free already. I sold my house, I bought a new house, now I'm paying mortgage again, without any tenant. I built a beautiful room for my daughter over there. And I made it as, as comfortable as only imaginable for her. I made it, mom's a beautiful, beautiful section that I built special for her. And this is where she stayed, Baruch Hashem, throughout all these years since and I moved.
0: past COVID, she, she restarted. And then,
1: after all this moving, and after all this Whoa. sacrifice, to have uh, this thing go down. Collapse. Collapse. I felt like, where is this going to go now? And that's when Hashem, uh, that's when she realized that it's going to a bad situation. And unless she takes the situation into her own hands, nothing will happen. She called me down one day to come to talk to her. And I was sure that she's going to tell me that she's ending her life. She's giving up. She's giving up. I, I didn't expect anything else. And when I came down, and she told me that she is looking for help, and she wants to get out of
0: this—wow, wow, wow! wow. What so, a getting change.
1: from getting her to the be, fact
0: uh, that she herself—it's <clears throat> the second, a second bomb she's throwing at me. I told you only I, I can—I cannot handle that much. She herself called out for help instead of giving up—is unbelievable. You get a lot of credit and you're giving a lot of people chizik now. If the baby's thing is back on, are we back on? Right after COVID, it came back. Wow. It goes
1: full swing <laughs> and it's mamas, mamas. Every day, you should see how she talks to the kid wow. and how they talk so, back there. They call so me Zaidi. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm yeah. sure you're on Einik also. Grandchildren come in, but Hashem there's a matzah always going on. Oh, what a remarkable story. So
1: it became, the whole house became a calm house and a comfortable house where everybody's welcome. And, and even when she brings, when she had to bring friends, they are welcome, rather than her, her any, she never has to wander off to anywhere because wow. I'd rather have her inviting comfort her zone. friends over She's to the house. She's always in her comfort zone. Sure, and wow. whenever she wants friends, she can invite them over, it's not a wow. problem. Wow. Wow. We have beautiful Shabushim. She never misses a sabbath wow. dish. She never wow. misses a cider and anything. I, I want to tell, finish with one nice story. Yes. So the, um, when she went to rehab, and she knew she was going away for, before Yom Kippur, she went, she left Yom Kippur, and she's gonna come back on Sukkoth, for 10 days. So she told me, uh, mm. under as she said, Tati, you know that on Sukkoth, I won't be home. We used to sing, every as we'd sing Atuwa Khartoni. It's a song, very nice, Atuwa And she loved it. She has, even now, every Shabbos, she's the one who is being getting, getting the kibbut every Shabbos, Friday night, of singing Maniqa V'simkho. That's her song, yeah. She gets, Ati and she starts a nice song and we sing. And so we used to sing together Atuwa and she told me, as a young child, she used to come and sit on my lap when we were singing Atma Khatuni, and she misses those times, and now she's going to go to rehab. She won't be
0: able to sing Khatuni.
1: Rosh yeah. wow. we don't sing It's Khatuni.
0: It's not, it's not, the it's not a Rosh Hashanah song,
1: it's for sickas. So she says, since I'm going to be missing you singing Atuvah and on sickers, can we sing it now? Rosh Hashanah wow. night. And I said, of course, come, sit on my lap. She asked, she wants to sit on my lap, wow. the way she did it when she was a young child. And she came, she sat on my lap, and together we sang Atuva Khaturi. Wow, wow, wow. This is what she needed before she went off wow. to rehab.
0: There's no doubt that she's very, very high in neshoma, a special neshoma. And I'm sure that I have a lot of anachas from her. Yeah. And I know, I know that you have a lot of anachas from her. I do.
1: I can tell you that uh, nowadays she loves to identify with me. So if it, we happened to be at the same time, let's say, in a supermarket, I would be going through an aisle and, and I wouldn't even necessarily know that she's in the supermarket. And she, she would suddenly see me from the other end of the, of the aisle. She would like run. question that, not Ron, yell from there. Everybody <laughs> should see that she's my daughter and talk to me in Yiddish. Wow. Tati, the days. <laughs> wow.
0: She's amazing.
1: And she wants to identify with, she feels so good wow. identifying with me.
0: Well I tell her again and on behalf of all the Let's Talk Tachless viewers that she's very special. Yes. And we are very proud of her. And I really want to thank you for coming here. I know it wasn't probably easy to to go public. But I know the the tachless, because it's called Let's Talk Tachlis, the Tachlis, the results will be amazing, and I really, really appreciate you coming here. Thank
1: you for giving me the opportunity.
0: My pleasure. <laughs>